Hi, my name is Jeff Bisty, and I am the host of the I'm a Mainframer podcast from the Open Mainframe Project. The Open Mainframe Project is a Linux Foundation collaborative project that was put in place to promote the open source and Linux adoption on the mainframe platform. And today we have with us uh, Elizabeth Joseph, uh, somebody who just appeared as a gift from the heavens earlier this year into our very special Z ecosystem. Uh, and I say Z ecosystem both because it's a good way of just describing the connection of people around Z, but also happens to be the name of the overall uh, mission and team that we both work on for our day job. So welcome to the podcast, Elizabeth. <laughs> thank you. And thank you for that, that great introduction, Jeff. I spent all day writing it. <laughs> so, uh, so check that off. Um, so first off, can you tell us a little bit about uh, what you do on the Z ecosystem team? Right. So um, I like to tell people that if you had asked me a year ago what a mainframe was, um, I'd be pretty hard pressed to tell you a very good technical answer um, because I was working on distributed systems. Um, my background is in Linux systems administration, mostly on x86 machines. So I've been doing OpenStack and Apache Mesos and Kubernetes, working at startups in San Francisco and the switch over to mainframes has been quite a change for me. <laughs> um, so I started at IBM in April. Um, and the idea is that I want to bring that perspective and bring the community that I interact with um, in distributed systems into the conversation about mainframes. Um, what I found working there um, was that when people are considering their infrastructure, especially in the Bay Area and at all these startups and, and um, these big technology companies here in California, they pretty much look at either on-prem or on the cloud when they're making infrastructure decisions. And it's all x86. Right. So, so um, you know, obviously you have like an extensive Linux background and, and what has so far been your, um, your opinion or your reaction to how Linux runs in, in this type of environment on the mainframe? So the most striking thing that I realized is that Linux is Linux. Um, <laughs> you know, there's, there's porting work to be done because it is a different architecture. Um, but the first time I got a shell on a Linux box running on Z, like I, I couldn't really tell the difference. Um, I loaded up an IRC client. I showed my buddies on IRC a few like like CPU output things because that's cool, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. I have, I have a VM on a mainframe, guys. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, but aside from that, like it, it's really just the same environment. Um, and of course, from the administrative perspective, um, it's going to be different. You know, the way you load Linux onto a mainframe is different than you would on an x86 machine. Um, but there's all kinds of documentation for that. So, <laughs> yeah, you, you said something uh, another on another fantastic podcast, which name I can't remember right now. But you're saying like it's it's just another architecture to deal with. Right, right. So right. in the past, for fun, um, I used to have a, a, a Spark 64. Um, there's a <laughs> box in my garage that's not running um so and of course i have like a pile of raspberry Pis. um so i've played with alternate architectures before so mainframe is just like another one but it's it's really big and it's not in my house <laughs> right and we, we we follow each other on twitter i know you just recently posted about you got your raspberry pi 4 in congratulations um i, I just put it in my order a, a couple days ago but um <laughs> It's, it, it, it always kind of strikes me that uh, the, the collective culture has had like no problem um, adopting this, this other alternative architecture, this Raspberry Pi, which is just another type of computer with a non x86 architecture that has a non-standard size. Um, what, what do you think that we can be doing to kind of 
um, lower the barrier and or of entry or perceived barrier of entry to to 390x architecture the same way that like ARM has. Yeah, I mean it's really it's really great what ARM has done. And I I was in a conversation on Twitter actually the other day, and they meant one of the people I was talking to said, you know, for ARM, I can just get a Raspberry Pi and I can build my stuff. I want like a Raspberry Pi for the mainframe. <laughs> right. I was like, well, I mean, I don't think we're going to get a $50 mainframe anytime soon. <laughs> um, and it, it's, it's just because of how it's built. Um, it's, it's really difficult to make some, that sort of thing happen. Um, but one of the things I really like is we have the Linux One Community Cloud where people can get just a Linux VM on the mainframe. And that's a really good start. Um, just being able to get people to build their Linux packages, at least, on the mainframe. Um, and then, you know, for generally, like, learning about the mainframe, we have Master the Mainframe. But um, I think what what I'd really like to see is, like, a path beyond that. Like, we can't ship everyone a mainframe, but we <laughs> can, like, there are tons of really great resources. Like, Jeff, you, you put together that Coursera course recently. Um, and then, of course, there's all the IBM Red Books and, like, all kinds of stuff that's out there. But as someone who's new to this space, I've had a really hard time finding all of those resources. Like I have a, I have a, a, a text document with like a whole bunch of stuff that I found and I get all excited when I find a new like video <laughs> series or book or like something else pops up that I, I think would be really valuable. So do you, do you think it's that there's not enough or too much that's disconnected or what, what would you, what your dream, you know, how would you like to change it? Yeah, I mean, the first thing is, I, I think we it would be great to, it, I think it's mostly just disjointed, like, it's hard to find the resources, even though they exist. Um, and people spend, like, so much time to putting together these red books and the video sessions, um, and then we can't find them. Um, so my, the, the team that, you know, I work on at IBM has put together a community site um, for uh, IBM Z, and I'm hoping that that can be sort of our portal where we link out to all these other resources, but it was just launched last month, so it's a very new thing. <laughs> um, and then also, I, I, I sort of wish we had like a, a second Master the Mainframe program, which was like what you do after you learn all of the basics and master the mainframe. Because one of the right. pe- feedback that I got, um, it was actually from, from the, the mainframe subreddit was someone said, listen, like massive mainframe is great for getting started, but then you're left wanting more. Like you go through the challenges and you're like, okay, now I know all the simple things, but where do I go from here? Huh. Sounds like a, a good opportunity to jump on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, I want to go back to like the idea of like the San Francisco startups. Obviously you have a, a unique uh, perspective into that. Um, whereas I only get to watch Silicon Valley. Um, <laughs> if, if you, if you got like, like just like a single shot to just like to, to influence or just talk to like any single group of people that you got to choose and with any like single message that you got to choose, like what would you like to like, you know, just drill into their head about the mainframe that they really need to understand? Yeah. I mean, I think the people I talked to would be like leaders of engineering teams. And the main point that I'd want to drive home is that you build out these infrastructure projects and you build in like a certain amount of time to say, take Kubernetes and put it in production. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that I found with these infrastructure projects that I've worked on is that you have a pretty good idea. You look at the documentation, you look at what other companies are doing, um, you go to some talks, you learn all about it, and then you put together a timeline of, of how long this is going to take. And being in technology, as we all know, we all blow past deadlines. <laughs> um, Never. 
<laughs> um, but the one thing that I've seen like time and time again in these distributed system um, missing the deadline situations was they either ran into a networking problem or they ran into a storage problem. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that really struck me when I joined the mainframe community is those two things are solved problems. Um, this d- distributed systems are trying to catch up and essentially they're trying to take like x86 hardware and make it super reliable and make all of the pieces talk to each other and make storage really fast and reliable and secure. Um, but the mainframe already did all that. Um, so what I would say is that, listen, like you could actually have a timeline that makes more sense and not have to worry about like the storage and the networking and like these big things that crop up. Um, I mean, the mainframe obviously brings in other challenges, um, partially the there's, um, you have to get the talent to bring in, um, for the really hardcore stuff that's not just Linux. Um, and that's not nothing, <laughs> but there are people out there who are learning this stuff and there are people who are, um, in, in the job force that can, that can help there. Um, and, and people can learn. Um, one of the things people say is that mainframes are super hard. And the one thing I'll say is they're super different. <laughs> <laughs> but they're not hard. Like it's, it's really weird going into the green screen and learning that you can't use your arrow keys because it'll mess everything up. <laughs> but like, it's not actually that hard. Um, right. Learn it. Um, especially if you're learning distributed system, which are like legit hard. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I think a lot of people um, probably listening to this podcast who have like a, um, a Linux background. Like I know certainly I, I came into Linux and I had to basically relearn Linux when it comes to like, okay, well, uh, a Linux is an operating system you install and then you put your stuff on it and it either takes up a full LPAR or a full physical system under my desk or, you know, a VM image in, in whatever type of thing. And we're, we're really moving towards this, uh, you know, containerized orchestrated type of thing, mm-hmm. which, which really puts the whole thing on its head. Uh, what, what would you say to somebody who has uh, kind of been thinking about it from that um, single system standpoint up until recently and, and wants to start uh, getting on board with like the new school of thought. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely a, a big switch, um, but it's all about sort of reliability and um, yeah. Like should they, should they be starting with a particular, like, should they say, I'm going to learn, start by learning Kubernetes or should I start by learning about containers or like what, what's a good place to start? Yeah. I mean, if you're looking to get into like this, what I guess we call the cloud native space um, I'd, I'd say like learning the fundamentals around containers. Um, one of the things that I, I saw when I was working on Apache Mesos was that a lot of companies didn't do a good job of deciding what should be like cloud native and what should go in containers and what should go into different sorts of backends. Um, so I think understanding what containers are good for, um, and having a firm grasp on that is a really good place to start. And then you can dig into the specific technologies. Um, so Kubernetes is, is it's actually really hard. <laughs> yeah. Distributed systems, they're not, they're not easy. Um, but sort of like learning about that space before jumping into like a, a technology project with it. Um, and then you can, you can play around like they, Kubernetes, for example, has like a lot of little tools. So you can run like Minikube just on your desktop and play around with it. Um, but then you don't want to boil the ocean, right? Like a lot of these projects that I saw companies get into was they'd, 
they'd get so far with a Kubernetes deployment or Apache Mesos deployment. And then they say, I can't get rid of the mainframe because it has all my stuff on it and I don't have a good solution in a distributed system. Uh-huh. One of the things I've been telling people lately is like, that's okay. Um, your <laughs> modernization project can stop now and it can be fine. Like the mainframe can be doing all of the really important work and you can have your microservices front end. That didn't mean you failed in your moder- modernization project. That means you realize that the mainframe has all these great features, it turns out, <laughs> that you, you will struggle to replicate in a distributed system. Yeah, sc- scaling and modernization doesn't necessarily mean uh, a complete migration of everything just to say it's the new thing. Exactly. And but but going back to the whole idea of of scale, like it that's something that's so tough to teach to somebody until they've like ran into the problem firsthand, because uh, they can say, well, I wrote this application, it works. I can look at this thing on my machine. Look, twenty twenty of us in the same room can look at this thing, <laughs> but trying to like you know. You almost sound like a, like a, a conspiracy theorist saying yes, but eventually your storage will start to become contentious and all that kind of like. Do you think we need to start educating on just like the foundational principles of uh, scale and contention and all that kind of stuff? Yeah, definitely. Because even people who don't think they're going to run into that problem, they usually do eventually. Um, you know, they, they're working for a small company or their application isn't that popular and they just don't think about scale and usually until it's too late. <laughs> yeah. Um, what, is there anything that you would like to like um, relate to other young women looking to get started in the world of, of IT? Yeah, I mean, the first thing, I, I was actually at, at, a, at a conference yesterday um, and I, I spoke to some, some women um, who are interested in getting involved generally in open source. Um, and I mostly, I want to say like, first of all, it's not as scary or hard as it seems. Um, <laughs> like we've, I think we've like mystified technology and programming and infrastructure work so that it feels like we're all these magical wizards. Um, but we're not, like, <laughs> I'm, not I'm not actually a genius. um i learned all of this stuff it wasn't always easy um sometimes it was hard um and also most of the people i've worked with um, are really nice um we hear these horror stories in technology especially with with women but i mean for the most part i haven't really encountered a lot of that sometimes people are weird but most most of the people I've, i've worked with are amazing and i really loved joining the mainframe community because people here are so nice and they're all want to tell me their stories <laughs> and i love stories so oh we've got we've got plenty <laughs> and i i recently I, I mentioned someone i i don't like reddit like i was scared off of reddit because of our linux um like years ago and so i didn't use it at all and then mm-hmm. i discovered the mainframe community there and it was actually nice and that's what made me rejoin reddit and this is a big deal for me because i wow. was way no reddit for so long but yeah mainframers there they're the ones who brought me back so it, we might want to talk to tom uh or ross about just like changing like a tagline for mainframe and just being like mainframe good enough to make somebody go back to reddit because that is <laughs> it, it is is 98% a cesspool like there's a few golden pockets but yeah a, a thousand percent agreed there um, I, I didn't know ahead of time, honestly, that you were doing work with the open mainframe project, although it completely makes sense now that I think about it. Um, can you talk a little bit about like what your, uh, involvement has been with, uh, with the foundation? 
Yeah, I mean, so far it's mostly, so I went to the Open Mainframe Mini Summit at the Open Source Summit um, back in August. And that was kind of my first exposure to the Open Mainframe folks, because um, I'd been really focused on Linux on Z and really that side of things. And Open Mainframe Project is more, they, they, do, they do have a couple of projects for Linux, but it's mostly for ZOS. So this was like, my my introduction to the project and it was really good attending that event because they did like an overview of the projects that are they're involved with um and they did a few sec ses sessions on zoe and zoe is awesome <laughs> yes so i've been telling everyone about it um actually tomorrow i'm speaking at, at an event um in uh in san jose where i'm talking about developing for the modern mainframe and about half my talk is about Linux on Z and how you can use all the modern tools of that you're familiar with Jenkins and, and Python and all your stuff. And then my second half of my talk is talking about how you can interact with the mainframe through Zoe, which means you can use, um, there's like a, a GUI that you can use that's really, that's really sharp through the web UI and there's an API and there's a CLI that you can run just from your terminal. So you can, you know, run commands um, without using um, the traditional mainframe terminal. Um, and so most of my, my involvement, you would say is now just being out there evangelizing these new tools that people can use and explaining how they can use, be used in like a DevOps way. Like with you have using like the Zoe API and stuff, you can now hook jobs into Jenkins that are running on your mainframe. And that's like revolutionary. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I, and, and you get your arrow keys back again. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that that the whole the whole thing about about you know the the terminal and how it looks and all that stuff like you know that that's that's one kind of thing. But I I I heard a lot about Zoe and I kind of saw some screenshots and stuff and I said that's kind of nice, mm -hmm. but it was really just like a like a thirty second you know uh, glimpse that I saw somebody just banging out a, like a Python script that was making calls to a mainframe, yeah. and I was like, wait a second, that <laughs> means. And it was like the the ending of you know Who Framed Roger Rabbit when they go th into Toontown. I was like this this is a whole different we're 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 in a different world now. Yeah. yeah. So I, I'm I'm glad that you're one of the people that's out there um kind of pushing out that message because it really needs to resonate. Yeah, and that that's sort of the story that I discovered. So we had the Z15 launch recently, and uh, that was one of they're like we do DevOps now. And I was like, how do you do that? <laughs> and that and that's how I, I learned that's how we do it. <laughs> yeah. So you 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 came on. And you just in time to get involved with a brand new mainframe launch. How exciting was that? That was pretty cool. Yeah, I went down. I was I was in the Silicon Valley office, and we like live watched like the launch event and stuff. It was it was pretty cool. And you, I still and haven't seen one. <laughs> I'm sorry. Go ahead. I still haven't seen one in person. I'm gonna have to come up to Poughkeepsie or something. <laughs> I, they, the funny thing is they don't they don't put the doors on them um, out on the test floor because they're afraid that we'll scratch them. Yeah. <laughs> so we we have Z15s, but they it, it just you know it's it's just the inside guts. Um, <laughs> you did a really great write up on the community, um, and people can find that. Um, well, there'll probably be links in the show notes or off your Twitter or whatever. But like about like just what the parts are because this is. It's a revolutionarily, that's not even a word, radically different mainframe than the ones we've put out before. It, it looks different. It's shaped different. The parts inside are, are, are you know, formatted slightly differently. Um, like, w what made you want to, to write that, like, breakdown of it? Yeah, so 
part of that, so this is this is a post that's up on IBM Developer, and I I took like we have all these these really fancy shots from marketing, like pictures of the inside of the mainframe, um, and I put together this blog post of just like screenshots, and then like one of them is like a giant heat sink, and I just thought it looked cool. Um, but <laughs> the purpose of this post was like, as I said, like a year ago, I didn't know what a mainframe was. So if you had shown me one, I'd be like, ooh, I like computers, that's pretty. Um, but like opening it up and poking around inside, like me as a technologist who's like loves infrastructure, that was something that was really cool for me because I'd be like, okay, those are, you know, the the drawers and those are all the um PCI connections and that's where the power is and just opening it up and seeing what's inside and understanding that like storage is separate and computing is here and memory is there. Um, it, it brought me like a greater understanding of what a mainframe is. Um, and I realized that we didn't really have, um, we didn't showcase that very much. Like you can find this information. Um, mm-hmm. I did for the Z14 when I first started because I, I did like a similar blog post or no, it was a series of tweets. I think I did like, look what's inside. <laughs> and that was really popular. So I'm like, okay, we're definitely doing a blog post. Um, yeah. And then there's like, there's a red book about all the internal architecture and hardware and everything. Um, and so there's lots of really inf- interesting information out there, but people weren't seeing it. Um, so that was right. Part- I- I mean, in, in a world where we're kind of used to seeing solutions come out there, and, and you can't see what I'm air quoting solutions, that, that it might be a physically delivered thing, but you peel off the cover and it's either like a stack of Raspberry Pis or a bunch of one-use servers with like a, a Belson box panel on the front of it. Like right. it, is, it is, I think, important and refreshing to see something where almost every component was built for that machine, which was built for a, sing- a single purpose. Like, yeah, that, that's always knocked me knocked me back, and I understand why they don't lead with that. But it's it's nice to see. So thank you for putting that together. Yeah, people seem to appreciate it, so I was I was really happy about it, and I, I had fun writing it. So <laughs> <laughs> definitely. Um, before we bring this to a close, um, do you have anything you'd like to pl- uh, plug or link or mention? Um, I can't really think of anything. <laughs> Okay. Um, cool. Mostly, I guess, just, um, you know, we have, so the, the Open Mainframe Projects has their community site, um, and then IBM now has, we have we have a community site as well that's focused more on, like, the IBM side rather than, like, the open source projects. Um, of course, we do lots of open source, too, but um, just we have a community site now that we can probably put in the show notes um, where I've been blogging about um, Linux on Z and open source. Um, just this morning, just... I posted a blog post about uh, Ubuntu 19.10 coming out this yes. week. Um, so that's that's out there now. And they Canonical's done a ton of support um, to make it awesome on Z. Um, and then also every month, um, the porting team at IBM releases a new list of software that they've updated for Z. So Linux on Z. So I posted a blog post about that too. So And that's all on the community site. So we're just trying to keep people updated and remind them that, you know, every month we update Jenkins. <laughs> Yep, kind of important. All right, well, thank you so much for uh, spending some time with us today. Yeah, thank you for having me. All right, my name is Jeff Bisty, and you've been listening to the I Am a Mainframer podcast from the Open Mainframe Project. Please click and subscribe, check out the show notes, and tell your friends on your social media platforms about the show, and we'll be back with you soon. <laughs>